0: Hello everybody, and before we begin, it is my sad duty to inform you that James will not be with us for this episode of the Brisbane Football Review Podcast, as his father, Ken, passed away over the weekend just gone. On behalf of Scott and myself, I'd like to send our deepest condolences to Kerry, Nicole, David and James, and the entire Coghlan family on their loss, and that we are thinking of you all at this very difficult time. (laughs) shoots, oh, Le Dretton wins the premiership for Brisbane Roar. Too late. It's Brisbane's day, it's Brisbane season, it's Brisbane's time. Now down as the weeks trickle in today,
1: so you come in and put your back.
2: Right, welcome everyone to another edition of the Brisbane Football Review Show and it's Scott in the host chair tonight and I'm joined as usual by Adam and once again we're joined by Scott McCormick. Guys how are we? Yeah very yeah. good mate. Now before we get into this show tonight I would like to echo the sentiment to Adam expressed off the top of the show and send my condolences and deepest sympathies to James and the entire Coglin family at this time. It's obviously a very difficult time for all of them and we send our thoughts to them.
1: Yeah it's Scott here as well James. I'm sorry to hear about your family and in the passing you know, of your father condolences to you, you all and I hope you feeling a bit better very soon and your dad is very proud of you mate.
2: Absolutely before we get into the discussion of tonight's clash between Brisbane Roar and Sydney I see in the final round of the A-League season for the Raw you can always get in contact with us on our socials at on Facebook at the Raw Review, Twitter at BNL Football, you can email us at brisbanefootballview at gmail.com you can always listen to this show on our many different podcasting platforms and on Thursdays on Football Nation Radio. All right, guys. So what do you reckon we get into this? Yep, let's do it. All let's right. So Brisbane Roar concluded the A-League's their A-League regular season with a one-all draw in Newcastle against Sydney FC. Dylan Wendell-Halls opens the scoring in the 11th minute. Luke Ivanovic will equalise just before half time. Scott, what did you think of the game?
1: Yeah, it was a really good game. They uh, they started off really quickly. Uh, the the goal that we saw from Dylan Wintershall halls like in the 11th minute, I think it was. Uh, just, just showed the passion that he had. To get, get it behind, get, uh, beat the offside trap, put the ball over Redmayne, and then you can just see the passion on his face when he scored that goal. And every single goal that he scores is something massive to him, and he's, he shows in his celebration. And then the Brisbane Raw played a 90 minute performance, which, which was something to be proud of, to show, to go into finals, and obviously shows that we can do it against the big boys.
0: Adam, your thoughts? Yeah, look, I thought uh for one, uh Dil Dilmins Dill- Hall's probably had his uh best game and he uh and he re- really sort of seems to love to have a goal against um against Sydney. But overall, look a very, very good performance sort of leading into the finals. Um it sort of gives them some momentum yeah, I think the only thing missing would be the three points, but I think at this stage of the performance would be better than the results. Because at the end of the day, they're going to finish in that third to sixth sort of run in the finals. So, in the, in the end of the day, um, look a good performance, especially especially from about the about the tenth uh, minute through to about the 40th minute before Vanovic's goal. I thought that was probably one of the best uh, sort of passages
2: of football they've played all season. Absolutely. So we'll start from the start from right at the start. And Brisbane Ross started off really strong, obviously playing into the wind in the first half, and took great advantage of that in the first 10 minutes with a fantastic ball, through ball from Joe. She had to pick out Dylan Winslow Halls and a great finish from him as well, Scotty.
1: Yeah, it was absolutely class for Dylan Wenzler-Hall. Halls. It looked like he uh, has been scoring goals all season the way that he finished that. A little cheeky dink over Redmayne there to uh, put the ball in the back of the net. It's just, yeah, quality from Dylan Winslow Halls and a brilliant ball to be
0: played in through to him.
2: This is what I've been crying out for, isn't it, Adam? He's been given a lot of games since the, start, since the restart, and he's made the most of it tonight.
0: Yeah, look, absolutely. He seems to sort of, have um, sort of, sort of grown in stature ever since, you know, the, the, from come back from the pause. And look, um, he's been threatening to, um, to do some few things in the last few games, and finally was awarded for it.
2: Absolutely. And look, and Brisbane didn't, didn't quite capitalise on that good stuff by getting the second goal, and that did cost them in the end. Sydney FC worked their way back into it, and it's quite a nice little goal there from Luke Ivanovic just before the half time break.
0: He he was far away their best best player in the first half, Lukic Ivanovic. Um he sort he threatened a couple of minutes earlier where he was able to sort of round both Jack Hingard and uh Daniel Bowles and end up hitting the side netting. Um and so he 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 had a very very good game and it was a very very good Good goal for him. So, unfortunately, he went down with cramp right on half time, and sort of uh, was, was substituted for the second half. But, uh, yeah, look, um, well, I think, once again, what we're seeing across the league is a lot of these young players and, look, Dylan Winslow-Halls and Luke Vanovic both are part of that so youth movement who seem to be sort of since the pause from um, from the break, is that they seem to be thriving. And I think um, that may be a thing for the future, so going forward the next season, where the young players um, are gaining their opportunities and uh, taking them.
2: Scotty? Yeah,
1: it's, it's great to see a lot of the young players coming through. And I was just thinking maybe the fact that uh, we might have seen a few of the foreign players go home and not come back. We, we've seen a few more openings for the uh, younger players coming through, especially with the uh, the five substitution rule as well. Maybe them some of them are getting started or some of them are getting more games off the bench. We're seeing uh, Denny Kim starting for the rule, obviously signed signed uh, from Lions uh, during the break. Uh, starting games, doing well, looking like he's... Uh, been a stalwart for the rule for the, the whole season like he doesn't look like a, like a second off the pace he's up there with a league standard which just shows that uh players in the npl aren't really too much of a gap even though they're not really given that opportunity too often or not that uh there's not too much of a step up if they're good enough so uh, the fact that a few more young players are getting a run for their uh run for games uh it's just it's good for the league and it's good for australian football in the future
2: Absolutely. It's great for the league to have so many young players coming from the NPL since the restart. And they've been some of the, the standout players. You look at Melbourne Victory's performance on, on the weekend against Perth Glory, a lot of young players on that side. And it's becoming a real trend across the league, isn't it, Adam, to, to find young players in the NPL or in your own academy system and give them an opportunity. And it's working for teams.
0: Yeah, like uh, yeah, like I said, I mentioned Dylan Winslow Hall's, who's probably you no, know, he's probably more established now. It's this is a second A League season, so he probably wouldn't even put that. But look, Danny Kim, um, since he since he's um, was signed, you know in, the, in three games he's he started. He he looks at home. I, I think you know, I, and I know you and I, Scott, we we talk about it. You know, obviously with respect to MPL. Yeah, look, he ain't going back to Lions. Uh, he's, he, I reckon um, the Royal would almost be foolish not to give him a contract at the end of this. And if they don't, I could almost bet you there might be nine or ten other clubs that probably would sign him if they, if they got out there. He was off contract. I think he has shown that he's been that good uh, in in the in last uh, few games.
2: Absolutely, and he's not only been that good, he's been probably the standout player to come out of the MPL. I've seen a lot of them over the... The, since the restart, last 20 odd games, there's been a lot of players who've got an opportunity, but I think Danny Kim's probably been the best of them. Maybe it's slight bias because we see him play more for the Raw than we do some of the other games, but he's been absolutely fantastic, hasn't he, Scott? And I was going to go into this later on, but I th- thought that midfield three actually functioned really well with O'Shea a little bit deeper tonight and Matt Rydenton a bit more advanced. thought that three worked really well.
1: Yeah, for sure. Danny Kim is just—he's he, looked like, like I said before, he's looked like he's been at home there. He's a uh... He's basically, everything, the ball comes through him. If it, if it comes out of the defense, it, he sort of looked like he turns very well. He he plays the ball off really well with both feet, switches the balls out to our fullbacks. He, he's been really good for the Raw since he's been coming in. And there's a lot of talent, like like we said, in that MPL team. And they're stepping up and looking like standout players in the team since they've been given the chance. So, interestingly enough, we did see uh, Inman out of the squad. But it actually looked like there was a bit more balance in that midfield this time around with... Uh, Inman sort of going and in and out of games last few games i actually was thinking this might actually happen last week with uh Danson in, in form as well as uh danny kim if inman would be dropped whether it's a dropping or not we don't know we haven't heard yet but it might be something to for Inman if he is dropped for him to be like i've realized i've been dropped and i need to really stand out and perform to the standard that he needs to be at so we might see him come back for the finals and hopefully with a bit of fire in his belly and start um, firing a few goals that we did see earlier on in the season.
2: No, that's a good point, Scott. I mean, look, the Raw did make two changes to this final game of the regular season. Daniel Bowles and Matt Rodenton came in in place of Scott Neville and, Mer- and Brad Inman. And Adam, do you think it was more a case of rest and rotation out of the finals? Or do you think this might have been a bit of a tactical change based on performance?
0: I think a bit of both. I think um I think they had the opportunity to sort of rotate and give sort of like of uh, Daniel Bowles and um, and Matt Roden obviously, to get to actually get some starting minutes. Um, but look, I, I actually take Scotty's point on board as well though. I think that perhaps uh, it might be a way, especially Brad Inman, who sort of since the break is probably one of the players who sort of really sort of hasn't sort of stood out. Maybe sort of as a reminder that you know that you know, while he was informed before they went to the pause. Uh, that counts for nothing now. So, especially with a new new manager, so I hope that, that might fire him up because we know he's a good player, he can perform. But look, the last couple of games he's played, he's sort of been sort of below what we expect of him.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, Scotty, do you think this could be almost a bit of a, a way of Warren Moon almost stamping his authority on the side, making a couple of changes to things after the after his new 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 start in the role.
1: I think so, yeah, because I I know he said when he first came in that he wasn't really going to make too many wholesale changes to the squad that realistically was really successful under Robbie Fowler this season. But the fact that uh, we've heard a little bit under Miradovic, the fact that he made the bench this week, but uh, if he's not performing, uh, players aren't performing on and off the ball to the likes of uh, Warren Moon, they're not just going to get game time, which may be something for Inman. Whether or not uh, it is something for Neville, I don't believe so. I think Neville's one might have just been... Uh, arresting for him to make sure he's fully right. The one thing that I did, didn't did see coming this week was Bowles coming in for Neville. I thought it was maybe Bowles or Courtney Perkins, maybe a true win in for Audrey, the fact that he was on a yellow card. We did see him get subbed off later on in the game, probably for the fact that he was, and they just didn't want to make sure he wasn't suspended for the finals. But uh, yeah, I think for him and the fact that uh, he was out of the squad altogether, I don't think it was an injury. I believe it was just something, a tactical thing to maybe get him fired up and hopefully perform to the standard that he needs to be at.
2: Well, speaking of getting fired up, I would have been getting fired up right now on this show. If Tom ordered had to pick up his, his eighth <laughs> dealer card, a little season there and been suspended. Because I didn't understand why you would risk a player that important to you ahead of the finals. Campaign. But luckily he did get through. And well, I think it's lucky he got through, but I, it was a bit of a risk to play him, wasn't it, Adam? It was,
0: but obviously then you've got to trust your captain um, to sort of, to get to navigate through that. And, I, and as soon as, the opportunity came, um, Warren Moon pulled the plug on him and then sort of gave him, gave him an early mark, which was you know, at the end of the day, um, achieved by Because, But I I will say with that change, um, we did see a lot about Macaulay Gillespie in the last sort of, 20 minutes, him holding that fort in that, that central defense. So, so yeah, so I think um, after seeing that, even if there was the worst happen, if Tom Aldridge got injured, I think Macaulay, uh, McCoy Gillespie is actually getting to the um, stage now where he could be trusted as that, you know, that that centre that centre back in, the, in in the back three. Yeah,
2: he took a little bit of a leadership role in that last twenty minutes, didn't he, Scott?
1: Yeah, he did. And I wasn't going to be the first one to say, but like at the start of the season, he did look a little bit shaky coming in. Found his uh found his legs, found his way actually in a lot of team of the weeks so actually uh before the break. Uh, really stepping up in that role. There we did see a few times where he was a little bit shaky. And he was sort of like. Went to pass back to Jam Young, and a few times where he almost like gave away possession, but he didn't, and he held onto the ball very composed at the back there for a for a young player, which shows that uh he has a bit of, had a bit of quality and through a youth academy. So I think it was uh, Newcastle United uh, youth academy there. So uh, it, it's very it's very good to see uh, leaders all over the pitch, and the fact that uh if we did see an injury or a suspension to the likes of Tom Walter that he'd step in there and show show his leadership qualities at such a young age.
2: Yes, definitely a former Newcastle United academy player. I can tell you he was a very good academy player. He came into one of my football managers' and did a fantastic job for me over the years. But he has, over the course of the season, really bedded into that spot on the left-hand side, Adam, in that defensive position. And it's almost a bit of a, it's almost a bit different compared to Aaron and Marty Holloway, who also came off the bench tonight and hasn't quite hasn't quite bedded down a spot in the side yet. What do you make of his impact off the bench? He certainly got involved when he came on.
0: Yeah, look, I think it was, he, he toiled, I think I'll, I'll say that much, and he sort of he was given a good opportunity, uh, look, I think at the end of the day, uh, it probably may be too much at the moment sort of to do. Like do, but he did a lot of good things you know, off the ball, I think his touches were a bit heavy at times, um, he did have a header at one point, which I think he sort of sort of missed time and sort of got under it, but uh, look, it wasn't a bad substitute performance, but again, like. Um, I, you want to see more from a guy that's a visa player, so I think I sort of lean towards look he needs to really sort of you know step up, take his opportunities in finals um if he if he gets them because yeah look you expect more out of your visa players than say a young player an australian player so i at the moment it's probably a D minus for me
2: at the on him, but look he's still got a couple of
0: games to prove himself.
2: Well, will hold fire on those grades. We'll get to those in a couple of weeks when the season is done. But, Scotty, do you think Aaron and could be an impact player off the bench for the Raw in the upcoming final series?
1: Well, I think given the game time that he got, he got a little bit more game time this week, He sort of got a bit chance to uh, work his way into the game. I think he started off a little bit slow with a few heavier touches, but he definitely was a menace when he did come on. Uh, definitely a handful for the defenders with the fact that he's so strong and so tall on the ball. Put a, few, uh, a very good cross into uh, Scott McDonald there on the near post, which almost saw a Denny Kim goal lead from it. A few, a few chances there. We, uh, I didn't think he was actually going to get the ball, but he actually pushed through with his uh, physicality and actually was a was a handful for defenders. So I think if he's given a game time and a bit more of a chance, those touches will become a little bit better, just match fitness as well. If he can stay injury free, which we did see a, a few times that he has been struggling with injuries, with the uh, with the few chances that he does get for the Brisbane Roar. I think he will be a bit of a handful if he does get a few chances off the bench. I don't think we'll see him start in the finals, but uh, I definitely think he can be an impact player off the bench and possibly help us out and win us a few points possibly in the, few, in the future.
2: Absolutely. Now, one player who has won the Raw plenty of points over the course of his time in the club is Jamie Young. This is the Jamie Young appreciation section of the Brisbane Football for your for you podcast. I mean, Adam, he was absolutely fantastic once again tonight, wasn't he?
0: Uh, he, was wor- he was worth um, one point tonight. Absolutely, save, save the day on a couple of occasions, especially in the second half when uh, he somehow, some way um, denied denied um, Sydney a chance through. I think it was Milos Ninkovic. I think got was I think it was the last touch. But uh, yeah, look, uh, and even yeah, he just I think he's message messaged me during the game. If he doesn't win Goalkeeper of the Year from here, uh, yeah, it almost be a travesty. I think the only other player, I think there'd be keeper that's probably even closer at the moment is probably Paul Izzo as far as form goes. But, um, yeah, no, Jamie Young tonight, man of the match, stand out for mine.
2: Goalkeeper of the year from our view. Uh, Scotty, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I definitely think uh, in in regards to the fact that he's uh, probably been uh, arm and leg above every Brisbane Role player this season, the fact that he's won us probably so many points. Uh, I think it's just something that has to happen. We've heard him through the broadcast that uh, he's been a former goalkeeper of the year. They said possibly a, a goalkeeper of the year this season. I think that that's probably definitely going to happen. The fact that uh, he's won definitely a, risen a handful of points, if not more, throughout the season. And tonight showed his quality with a, a triple, almost a triple save in the end, with a the ball bouncing off the back of Gillespie there and somehow keeping it out, which normally for most goalkeepers there. It will be just unlucky for them, but fine. the ball ends up finding the ball in the back of the net. So, uh brilliant reflexes from Jamie Young there, and Bristol Roy definitely lucky to have him in their side.
2: His best save of the season, Scott. Do you reckon, tonight? Oh, be you up reckon there tonight? Oh, you reckon there's one better. I think
1: I think it's close. the The Newcastle one comes to me as a, a really good save as well. I was actually at that game and I, I I couldn't believe the fact that that uh he pulled that one off there. But I think in regards to the fact that uh uh the the Newcastle one actually started on the run of uh. Brilliant performances in the start of the calendar year. I think that one there was probably more important, but it would be up there with uh, one of the best saves of the year.
0: Actually, the one, the one last week, uh, the, the, the one Wednesday night. That's that's the one that stands out for me. But look, that that's uh, that that's a triple save tonight. That does just another level stuff. And as I said, that's that's one point that probably um, ensures that the raw sort of you know, goes into the uh, final series with some momentum.
2: As the Brisbane Roar tweeted on their own account, a very, very long list of highlight reels for Jamie Young. So we will get into the finals in just a moment, but first we will talk about the end of the A-League season. This is obviously the end of the Roar's regular season, four games since the resumption. How do you think they're tracking, Scotty?
1: Yeah, I think they're really good. We haven't seen the most exciting football from the Brisbane Roar this season, but they're very hard to beat. And I think that's, coming into finals, that's something that you really want to have and you really want to show showcase that you're really hard to beat because games like that, where Sydney FC, Wellington Phoenix, we uh, Adam and I said last week that the fact that that game there with, uh, Wellington and even possibly that game with Sydney as well, could all go all the way to penalties. The fact that the way the Brisbane Roar defend very well, they, uh, said that in the broadcast that it, I think they've only conceded no more than one goal in like eight, 13, oh, 13 games or something. And they've only conceded like one goal in the eight games or something. So they're, defensively they're really well uh really a lot better than last season which obviously was the season from hell with defense uh 71 goals conceded worst ever in the league and the fact that we go uh go up the league table this season we see we've actually conceded less goals than we've scored but we've conceded the second least goals in the league with uh who knows if sydney fc conceded maybe four in their last game we might actually have the best defensive record in the league
2: yeah 71 goals down to 23 at the end of the league season that's I'm thinking about that's it, 48 goals fewer. So quite a marked improvement, isn't it? Yeah, look, I think this is uh,
0: definitely something, if nothing else, Robbie Fowler and Tony Grant can sort of, sort of take credit for, because that, that was their mandate from the beginning was, was to improve that from what was a record worst defense to the second best in league. Um, look, that that's on them. And um, look, and Warren Moon sort of continued that. I think the only thing that they're missing is, is a result or two. Um, like, obviously, the, the win over Melbourne victory aside, you know, but two, but two draws against the, the team on top and the team that's running third at the moment. Look, it, it's good. it gets them set for finals. And um, look, they're, they're, in it. they're in it as much as anyone at the moment because they are going to be tough to beat. And I think as I agree with what Scotty says, that if, you're, if you are tough to beat in a, you know, 120 minutes plus penalty situation, look, you're, you've got every chance to go all the way to the end.
2: Absolutely. Well, they also doubled their points from 40 to 38, so almost just over double. But you're right, these last two games, Adam, they have really have shown the roar right there in the finals race against two teams who are going to be right there in Wellington Phoenix and Sydney FC at the business end of the season.
0: Yeah, look, the only thing is, that I say from Sydney is that they, they are out of form at the moment. That's, that's four without a win now. And look, you can almost say that other than that... First from Trent Bahaja, um in the last ten minutes against Wellington, there'll be it could have been you no know, no wins in five since since the resumption. So look, they I don't know if they're panicking just yet, but I think from a form point of view, if they don't do something against Western United on um, Saturday night, or even if they get beaten, look, yeah, I think the you know while they're the premiers, the um, the grand final uh, trophy may be you know, a different question.
2: Absolutely, these last two games they have given you more confidence going into the final series, Scott.
0: Yeah, I think it's
1: definitely something that uh, the Brisbane Roar could uh, really hold their heads high. And they've, they've, they're leading into the final series with a lot of momentum. And we've seen, like uh, Adam said, Sydney haven't had the best momentum at all the last few few games that they played. And it's not even really like they've been playing a lot of youth. There. We've seen a little bit of youth here and there. We saw a bit of youth tonight. But the fact that uh, they've had a, a fairly solid squad the whole way through and just can't really find the results is... Uh, something fairly concerning for Stephen Corky, even though he may not be thinking it, he might, he might be thinking at the back of the head that we really need results because the fact that uh, if the players aren't really feeling on top of the world at the moment where they're going into the final series, that even though they smashed the league in, in regards to the points and winning the premiers play really early, the fact that uh, it's not first past the post in Australia, it's, it's the final series and you need momentum for that. And even though they're taking points away where they sort of need to and They've been not too bad. They've not been brilliant, which is what we've seen throughout the before the COVID break. So whether or not uh, it's something to worry about, I think it is. But in saying that, they've got one game left to see if they can prove themselves and get themselves in a chance to make themselves a, a threat in the finals. Right now, their form is
0: saying otherwise. I think also as well that the, the difference between the first time that Sydney FC met Met the raw back in I think it was in early December where they absolutely smashed the raw off the park five one where basically it's almost like wow you know what can you do to it now being a one all draw and actually you'd almost say that the raw maybe just shaded it as far as you know if if you can rate sort of you know a draw other than sharing the points you think that raw probably be a little bit more disappointed not to take all three than Sydney but um yeah the the, the difference between the their first meeting and this third meeting. It's night and day, and look, if it gets into the finals, who knows what could happen?
2: Absolutely. And firstly, I mean, that was in the first time mean, It was the second game because the raw did meet them almost over a year ago, I think, now in the fake Cup. Mm. So it's really at that one bad half they played in that first A League game where Sydney FC did put the sword to Brisbane. But apart from that, the second half was was a relatively even contest. And so were these last two games, Scott, so if the raw do meet Sydney FC in the final series, maybe in the grand final, we'll have to wait and see. They should have a lot of confidence.
1: For sure, yeah. I think both any any side of the raw comes up against this uh, in the final series they'll be very competitive with, if not challenge, but if not beat them in the 90 minutes. The fact that they they might be able to nick one, if not possibly two goals and defend really well, like we, like we've seen. We've the the Brisbane Roar have been really good with their defense and they may not score very many goals, but like we said, we've, they're hard to beat. And that was that was the only one one off game that the Brisbane Roar had throughout the season where they did lose 5-1 down to Sydney, which was just a first half route with uh, Sydney FC knocking in a few quick goals there. And then it was a bit hard for the Brisbane Roar to come back, but uh, a second half, which was starting to uh, go by to show that they're competitive with the big teams there. And as we look further on in the season, which was a, a long season with the big break that we had, Brisbane Roar have come out the better side and holding form that they've had throughout the season after the fact that they uh, dropped points uh, against Sydney earlier on the season. But Sydney's sort of tapered off towards the end of the season and starting to not look as good, even though they are taking points. So I think it's definitely something the Brisbane Royal can be uh, very excited about going into finals and a big threat.
2: That's it, well, you mentioned, Scott, they do have one game left, but let's face it, we don't mind if Sydney and end up wrapping up the trophy and then just falling away into mediocre like some other team we know of in the UK, perhaps, Adam?
0: <laughs> Absolutely, but... Also, as well, Sydney's um, season doesn't end after even after the finals because, obviously, they have Asian Champions League to worry about as well. So, they, um, yeah, I think, again, if they looking for excuses, maybe they are looking at the bigger picture. But um, look at the moment. It's, it's a form of something that probably they can't ignore. I think even though they've taken at least two points away since since that time, um, yeah, look, I, you could almost tell there was a bit of worry on on Steve Corka's face just before um, Ivanovic scored that goal in the 40th minute. So I, I don't think yeah, all, all is well at the moment with Sydney as well. I think the form sort of dip is a bit of a concern, but also as well, they probably do have a longer term view as well.
2: Oh, well little boohoo for them.
0: Right, <laughs> so that is the end of the
2: A-League regular season. It's certainly been a different A-League regular season to say the least, guys, with obviously the four month layoff. Just quickly round the table, what, Scotty, what would you say was your highlight of the season for the Raw in terms of the regular season? My highlight would
1: have had to come when Dylwenzel Hall scored the goal against Wellington Phoenix at Suncorp Stadium when they ended up drawing that game. The, I was in the den and the, it was pouring down rain. It was probably the best atmosphere I've been in with the den. Obviously, it would have been amazing to be there at the finals, but, but I was at, actually at my house watching most of those finals. But there are a few finals, but that was probably the best that I've ever heard the den's atmosphere myself. And the fact that uh, we showed against a, a big team which was one to finish and they're still up there really competing, showing that they're a, a really good side. That, uh, that result that uh, Brisbane Roar got there, I think, was one of the turning points for the season and to show that uh, they can do it with the big dogs. So I think that was probably my favourite part of the season.
0: Adam? Yeah, uh, look, for me, actually, the probably the game that stands out for me as far as... Uh, probably a high point was actually when they they absolutely smashed Western uh, Western Sydney Wanderers off the park just before the break. That's to, to, I think when we were watching that up in the uh, media box, we're thinking, "Wow, this is we're finally starting to see the complete Brisbane Roar under Robbie Fowler." And then obviously then we had COVID hit. So so that that to me that was the high point when you know, it was almost like everything that Robbie Fowler was sort of you know through is almost you know. Repeatedly would say in press conferences, you know, we're, we're building something, we're building something. That night seemed to be the night where it all seemed to come together. And then, obviously, then we had, um, unfortunately, the uh, pandemic hit.
2: Well, I'm going to cheat and go with two. That's host prerogative. So the first one is actually <laughs> the most recent game I went to, which was the season of jumps game against Adelaide United. It wasn't a great result, but it was great to see Warren Moon making his coaching debut for the Brisbane Roar. And after a four month life of not going to games, it was just great to be back at football. But in terms of on-field highlight of the season, it goes right back to almost at the start in a home game. I think it might have been November at, at um, Dolphin Stadium against Melbourne City, 3 0 down, coming back to win by four goals to three. And the media manager at the time said it was a four-goal breeze for the Roar in the second half, and he was right. <laughs> so that was a great comeback there. So that was to I me. Mean, it was also really important, I think, for Robbie Fowler to get that win there to get off and running, wasn't it, Scott?
1: It is, yeah, and, it, and it's funny how we all have uh, different highlights. When with the fact that uh, we think back to last season, we probably would be struggling to think of one. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a, a a lot of highlights here this season. A lot of a lot of highs, not too many lows, which is good, and uh, a very successful season. Because I said at the start of the season, if we made finals, it'd be a successful season to me. And uh, a lot of the fact that the a lot of the players and Robbie felt at the time said they'll be seeing finals this season, and the fact that we're seeing finals and we're playing well and we're getting victories against teams and results against sides and we're actually playing more attacking football right now. I think it's a it's a good time to be a Brisbane Roar fan and uh if you're not really too following too much, you gotta follow on because I think I feel like this team is gonna bring us a championship, if not this season, but in a few seasons to come.
2: He's hoping, Adam, we might save our um recap of our our yeah. pre season predictions for another show just for now. But it is really important for the Royal to be back in the finals, isn't it?
0: It is, yeah. Look, at the start of the season, we were looking and we saying, you know, if as long as it wasn't, you know, the same disaster as last season, that there were progress, we would have been happy for that under Robbie Fowler's two year plan. The fact that, you know, you're going to finish fourth, maybe fifth, you know, definitely within finals and actually have a live shot. At you know, perhaps you know a grand final win. Look, if you took that as a start of the season, I would have been I would have been laughing at you. So I think this is I think that that is a great achievement for the, for this squad. Um, you know, and in a way, I think we go give you know, Robbie Fowler, and Tony Grand Hister, and them credit. You know, at the start of the season, and also as well, Warren Moon, Darren Davies taking it forward as well. You know, obviously it's been it's been tough since the break, but obviously they deserve just as much credit, but the players as well throughout. So so look, um, I, you're right. I can I can't think of too many lows um, on the pitch. Obviously, the, the 5-1 loss to Sydney probably stands out. But you know what? That happens to everyone. So, yeah, you could say, yeah, that was a bad loss. and That's probably the worst loss of the season. But other than that, you know, it, it's been it's been a good season as far as the regular season goes.
2: You're entitled to one bad performance in a, in a regular season. So we'll now we'll talk about the finals briefs. we we'll probably talk about more about them in a show next week when there's more clarity involved who the Raw may be playing in that first week of the finals. It's... Likely at this point they'll finish fourth, maybe fifth depending on the results, but possibly playing Perth Glory in the first week of the finals. I well, we won't talk about that potential matchup, guys, but who would you prefer the Raw to potentially play? It could be one of Perth, Western United or Adelaide. Scott, which would you prefer? If you were coaching Brisbane Raw, who would you prefer to play?
1: I would have to say uh Perth Glory would probably be my bet. Uh we've seen Adelaide doing really well this season, uh, since the break uh since the restart. They beat us in the game against Adelaide and uh they smash Perth glory in that game there. They, they, they showed that they could score a lot of goals and that they're very attacking side. And even though we've got a fairly defensive uh, record there, I'd be s- sort of scared to play them. The fact that uh if they make finals, they're same with Western United as well. They do score a lot of goals, but they also do concede a lot of goals. But I think uh Perth glory would probably have their number. We've seen us get a few points against them this season. And I wouldn't be surprised if we could beat them possibly in 90 minutes. The other ones I think we possibly might go to uh. 120 minutes there, but I think out of those three there, my my option to play would be Perth.
0: Yeah, look, I think um, look for the I think from the first point would be that you know I don't think the raw be be scared of anyone, but to make to make that choice, um, look, I think uh, Perth Glory or Western United either way, I think I think the team they don't do not want to play in the uh at least early on the finals is Adelaide. I think they they with, with the raw probably are the team that teams that, you know, the likes of Sydney, Melbourne, City and probably Wellington are probably fearing that could come from the elimination finals and, you know, go all the way. So it'd be Adelaide with one to avoid. I think, yeah, Perth Glory or West United, I think the Raw, I think defensively can probably handle both of them.
2: I think Perth, without Castro, a different side, I would like to see the Raw play. Perth, I think, to your point, Adam, they could probably be comfortable against either of those two sides they did. Adelaide did cause them all sorts of trouble, so that might be one they want to avoid. So we might talk more about that next week. We'll move on now to the NPL over the weekend, starting with the NPL men's. Round 23 results. Capalabar 3, Morton Bay United 2. Gold Coast Knights 1, Brisbane City 0. Lions SC 5, Eastern Suburbs 1. The game we were at, Adam Peninsula Power 2, Redlands United 1. And on Sunday, the Raw Youth was a 3-2 win away to Gold Coast United. And Brisbane Strikers, a much-needed win, Away to Olympic. What's for you? Would be the standout result from that round, Adam?
0: Um, look, I we we spoke about this on the post-game show Saturday night, and look, without, without actually seeing, it, it'd be probably almost a photo finish between Lions are uh, back after you know you know really to look like a easy disposed dispose of East, but also uh, Brisbane Raw. Uh, that that's a big win over over Gold Coast tonight. But one fun fact out of that is that 11 years ago to the day on that day that Shane Svelte scored the first goal in that game um, in the M1 Derby in the A-League. And he was also the first goal in uh, the,
2: against the Brisbane Royal Academy in uh, 11 years later. Close, Adam, 11 years and one day. But Scott, what was, you that, what was your standout result from the from the round?
1: Yeah, I think the same with Adam as well. The Brisbane Royal Academy and Lions FC showing them that they're really the best team in the league Uh by ladder-wise, and the fact that we thought the East was coming back and starting to put a performance for the performance for themselves coming up against the big boys and Lions just showed showed them how it's done. But I think, yeah, the Brisbane Roar is a massive result against Gold Coast because the fact that they were coming up and starting to show uh, a, a fact for them a, a fact for themselves that they're a uh, team to be in the NPL, uh, and it shows that they can do it as well. The Brisbane Roar team, without a lot of their uh, main players there, that we did see with the, in the NPL come through like the Akbaris and Jordan Courtney Perkins and Mirza Moranovic that we've seen in the past few years. the Some of the younger boys there are making the name of themselves and actually sitting themselves in a pretty good stead right now on the ladder.
2: Absolutely, we might focus more on those two Sunday games, Adam, because we did talk about the other yeah. Saturday night games on our post-game show on Saturday, so if you haven't listened to that, it's on our social media platforms, but I did watch this Brisbane Royal game against Skull Coast United, and it was, to Scott's point, a really young Brisbane Royal type with a lot of players out, and Shane Smeltz did open the scoring. Of course, who else but Shane Smeltz? Had to be him, but a bit of a mistake from young Nathan Foster, but a really good finish from Smeltz, and for, for, for Gold Coast were pretty good in the first half. But the Brisbane Roar in that second half, they played some unbelievable football, and yes, they were benefited from the fact that a Gold Coast player got himself sent off for uh, what looked like dissent to me. It looked that's what it looked like, but even despite that, the Roar were all over them, and this is a really good sign for a young Roar side, which is picking up a lot more results than we have seen in previous years, and. Adam, they might be on their way to the final ten at the moment because they are sitting in third place on the table with a game in hand on Olympic.
0: Yeah, and especially with Olympic uh, getting beaten as well, which we'll get to, it get to in a sec. But um, I did see a highlight of to three top-shelf goals. Um, but. But the one, I think the one thing as well to take away from this is that around this time you start you start thinking, okay, the raw, the young raw are going to start um, sort of obviously playing a lot younger players because of obviously those players who are um, contracted, who got youth. Deals, but look, this this is a side that looks that will look stable for probably the rest of the season. There's there's probably not too many you'd say right now in this squad that's playing that you could actually perceive getting a a league call-up unless they really do something amazing like a Pengelly Winsor Halls type performance over the next go you know, couple of months. So the fact that this this group will probably stay together right to the end. Um, yeah, look, all of a sudden they're, they're in finals calculations.
1: Yeah, and I think the uh, the Brisbane Roar Academy side, yeah, with the fact that they've got a, a really young squad there, and the fact that Warren Moon's under the wheel now uh, at the wheel now for the Brisbane Roar, and shows that uh younger players get a, do get a chance, it might make them fire up a little bit more and sh- and be like, if I want to make a A League squad there, this is the best chance I've got because we've seen the likes of uh, Danny Kim get picked up from the NPL team and then be brought into the uh, Brisbane Roar side there and do really well. So I, I feel like a lot of players there, if they feel like they could stand up and Put a, put a put a few good shifts in there, there's a chance that they might be up in there with the, either training with the A-League side or even possibly making games with them. So I, I feel like that's a bit of a, a achievement for them to possibly push towards. But I feel like if, yeah, the fact that they've got a really young squad there and they're getting results against more experienced sides at the Gold Coast that are starting to push towards up the ladder there and the fact that they'll be looking at the ladder and thinking, we're going to make finals here. We're going to be able to have a good show here and possibly make the grand final there. I, I feel like that's going to be something that's going to, hopefully push them and propel them into the final series and make a name for themselves in there
2: well it might not happen this year adam given that the roar are in a hub down in sydney with the a-league squad but if players like alex parsons Mm. and harry talbot and these guys do perform over the course of the npl season because don't forget that will run right through november so they'll be playing right up until the start of the new a-league season if they impress warren moon in that stretch they might find their way into the extended squad for the start of the new season yeah, look, there's
0: probably half a dozen players in that in and around that squad that you probably could see that you know what they have a very strong second half of the season, they and they get the raw through the finals or even further. Um, yeah, it is absolutely conceivable, but this is what it's all about. It's about developing players, and if these players are standing up at you know, against the best teams. It's, it's all well and good, you know, beating up the lower, the lowest sort of teams that, you know, that they have in the past. But the fact that they're competing against, you know, the likes of a Gold Coast United, you know, yeah, and they've, they've really taken teams like Peninsula Power, Olympic to the limit uh, this season. This is a team that, you know, and, that, and and obviously, uh, congratulations to Chris Grossman and uh, Co-Marc-Pierre, who obviously are doing a great job with the squad and look long and may continue because it has really made things even more interesting that would be normal with the NPL. Because this is, again, we expect the raw around about mid-season to start dropping off. But the fact that they're still there, um, yeah, this, this is It's made it even more interesting, this NPL finals run.
2: I will say, Gold Coast, they were really hampered by the sending off of the the right-back there, so that did hurt them. But, Scott, the game you did watch was the other game on Sunday, Olympic and Brisbane Strikers. And Will Karumbin picked up the winner for the Brisbane Strikers. What did you make of the game?
1: He did, yeah. So, uh, Olympic, I think, because Olympic is my team there, I I was a little bit disappointed with the way that they played there. Uh, Jesse Lovehouse is pretty quiet, but the fact that uh, Strikers are sort of coming out of the post-Pangeli era and starting to show that there's a few goals there that are possibly could be scored. So, Kareem um, run with a goal just before half time break there it was enough to see off Olympic FC there. There's a few chances that possibly was, was close to maybe getting an equaliser there at the end for Olympic, but uh strikers were good enough to hold on to it in the end.
2: Yeah, it was more of the same as what was seen for them all season, Adam. They huffed and they puffed, but it still wasn't there for them. And it was really interesting, they made a couple of changes throughout the game. They took off Yika Hinde early on and played Costa Saros through the middle as a striker. Then they then they brought um Kristen Waters on and played him up front. So they tried all sorts of different things, but like has been the case a lot of the season so far, and they just could not find a way through. Yeah, I, it's a big big mystery what's wrong with Olympic at the moment. Because look, they've they've got the talent, they've got the
0: players to do the job. Like on at their best, they are they compete with the top teams. But, um, considering that Strikers are going into this match 12th, and we did mention it on the post-game show that, you know, it, that this, this, um, fixture seems to bring up some really you know, weird and wonderful things. Like, and for Strikers to actually win, we, we, we th- said, we said that they might, it might turn this season around, but, uh, I had not for a second thought that Brisbane Strikers actually win this. So, so look, let's hope it turns the season around. But Olympic, yeah, I think it's, as far as their finals hopes at the moment, dropping points to a team like Strikers, that is not going to bode well
2: as far, as far as finals go, especially it being this competitive. No, a bit of history repeating, perhaps, for the Strikers' Sand FFA Cup run. That won't happen, but maybe this could be the result to turn their season around. You're right, they are now up into ninth place, Brisbane Strikers, the top four is largely the same as it was. Lions SC, Gold Coast Knights tied at the top of the table on goal difference, Roar a third, and Olympic are fourth, Potential Power in fifth. But they have three games in hand, Scott, on Olympic FC. So you'd have to say that potential Power are also in a good spot along with those top three teams.
1: Yeah, they definitely are. And I think Penn Power have showed over the last few seasons that they're really one of the contenders for this year. And we have seen a few results in the past that haven't made me realise that uh, they might have dropped off a little bit, but the fact that they got a... A fairly good result on the weekend shows that they're uh, they have not dropped off too much and that they're, they're definitely a contender. And the fact that uh, once they make up those games, there they'll be definitely up there comp- uh, competing with the top two.
2: I've seen Adam. Now some of the sides we thought might make a run towards the top four, the two sides like Gold Coast, Knight, Gold Coast United, Bega pardon, Eastern Suburbs, and Brisbane City. They all suffered defeats at the weekend. They need to start picking up points if they are going to challenge that top four establishment, don't they?
0: yeah look it 's funny that you know one week ago we were singing their praises saying they they're all they're you know, the, you know, the likes of east brisbane city you know they're they're going to be challenges and they they're going to four. they both lose so this is how quickly this can change but look the, the um potential pair of the ones are probably of of the top sort of top five six teams are the ones that you really gotta watch because I, I look we were at the game on Saturday night at the compass grounds and they are still a long way from their best. Um it still seems to be a bit disjointed at the moment. Uh Andy Pangeli sort he did score a goal. Um, which got him off the mark. But um, yeah, they're, they're still a long way from their best at the moment. The fact that they're in fifth with a few games in hand on the rest, um, that they're, they're circling enormously as well. Um, Morton Bay is still there, but uh, a shock loss to that They absolutely blew that one. So, um, like I said, the point being, this competition, it can just change on dime, you know, in an instant. I mean, there's not much margin for error for a lot of these teams who are try, have top four aspirations.
2: Absolutely, and I'm still thawing out from that trip to the compass ground on Saturday. We'll talk about the fixtures <laughs> coming up in the NPL in a moment. First, we'll run through the results in the NPL. Women's Gold Coast now with a big 2-1 win over Logan. The Gap with a 2-1 road win over South United. One all draw between Eastern Suburbs and South West Queensland Thunder. And on Sunday, Lions with a 4-0 win over Football Queensland QAS. And Kapalabar bounced back with a 7-2 win over Mitchelton. Scott, what was the, what's the results that stood out to you there?
1: I think the Gold Coast United one was up there, but I think the the Capella bar one there showing that they're back. Uh, a few a few of the raw girls there, Nat Tatham and uh, Caitlin Torby there getting on the on the score sheet there, showing Mitchelton, which haven't, hasn't been the best to be honest this season there, but a seven two thrashing of them just shows uh, Capella bar that they're a brilliant side there and definitely ones to be a uh, one not one not to be um uh talked bad about because the fact that they, they've. Smashing teams like that, there's always going to be a chance that they can do that to you, so you never count them out. Well,
0: just saying, you throw, throw out the form book in MPL uh, men. other the women's—it's just—it's incredible that you know that you know, like I said, East looked like that one. They were you know a you know a, a title threat. They draw one all with Southwest Queensland Thunder, probably one of the weaker teams, and then Capalaba, who dropped point, who lost to South last week, come out and put seven on Mitchelton. So, yeah, it is again a form. Forms it goes out the window, but um, the one constant looks like uh, Lions. I think they the defending double um, champions and premiers. I think they they look like to be the constant at the moment. But Gold Coast United still undefeated. And when those two teams meet, I think that's going to you know really give a marker about who is going to be the, who's the best team in the league at the moment.
2: Yeah, might have to have bookmarked that to go and have a look at that game in a couple of weeks. I did see a little bit of Lions clash on Sunday against Football Queens and QAS. That result a little bit flattering, I think. Lions. Were the better team, but I thought Football Queens and QAS were quite good. Looking at the table, Lions are still top of the table. Gold Coast second, East third, the Gap fourth, Logan fifth, and Kapalabar sixth. And there's a seven-point gap from Kapalabar in sixth, to Football Queens and QAS. So, Scott, it probably looks like at the moment, as we talked about last week, a race between six six for those top four final spots.
1: Yeah, it's really tightening up around that top six there. A lot of teams are fighting for those, those four spots there. Two teams will be unlucky to miss out there with the, the big gap there between uh sixth and seventh there. So my, my my thoughts will probably be Lions and Gold Coast will be there and it'll be between East Gap, Lions and Capella which I think Capella if they keep their form going the way that they did on the weekend, that they might, possibly might get that spot with the gap. With East Logan just missing out.
2: Sorry, and Adam, we've got used to seeing a bit of a gap in the NPLW table over the course of the last couple of years. But the good thing is this year, the gap is a lot further down the table than it was last year. Are we talking about the
0: gap is in the ladder the gap? gap the between 6th and 7th. <laughs> no, no, okay. Yeah, look, um, it is. And it's a shame that, like, last season where it was a top six and really, realistically, only four teams really deserve to be there, where it's flipped on its head this year, where you've got six strong teams playing for four spots. So, again, points are going to be a premium. And, you know, for the likes of Kapalabar dropping points to, say, the Souths or, you know, East dropping points to uh, Southwest Queensland Thunder, you know, all due respect to those teams. Um, yeah, look, that that could be costly, uh, you know, in in the long run. So, so look, it's uh, again, it's a bit of a season way to go, and obviously a few of those teams go and meet each other, and that's probably going to be the determining factor on who plays finals and who doesn't. But yeah, they just can't. Like some of these clubs, they just cannot afford to be dropping points against teams that are lower on the table.
2: Absolutely, the standout fixture in the MPLW this weekend is on Friday, and up to it Eastern Stars and Lions SC. So. More about those two sides next week. Moving on to the FQPL. Logan's maintained their lead at the top of the table with a 4-3 win away to Wolves OC in a seven-goal thriller on Friday night. Thunder with a 3-2 win over Sunshine Coast. Mitchelton and Holland Park drew one all. Western Pride two, Southside Eagles one. And yesterday, Ipswich Knights three, Rochdale Rovers nil. Scott, the two top sides in this competition, they met last week, Logan and Thunder, and they eked out wins again this week.
1: Yeah, Logan and Wolves, uh, I think, probably be the, the game of the week with the amount of goals that were scored there. And the Wolves have to feel hard done by not being able to get a result out of the game after scoring in the first minute. And scoring three goals, you'd think they'd at least get a draw. But uh, Logan getting a goal late in the game in the 76 minutes to get that result there, which, which would have been an upset if Wolves could get a result there. And uh, South West Queensland, uh, Thunder getting the result against Sunshine Coast FC shows that they're two ladder leaders there. and getting out hard results there, but I mean, result, uh, matches like this is what wins teams championships, grinding out results to possibly get wins late in the game, just shows that the, the quality of the sides there, even though they're the versing weaker sides, they can still pull out a result there.
2: And that's probably been the problem for Logan over the last couple of years. They've been in from position to get promoted. They haven't quite capitalised. And on that result, I thought that was a good result for Sunset Coast Thunder, three games in a week, going up to Toowoomba to getting a good result. But Adam, I want to know you switch nights. They are under the radar in third place on 13 points with, and look, that's a good result away at home to, to Rovers on Sunday. Are they a potential dark horse threat to challenge these two sides for that promotion spot this year?
0: Absolutely. Uh, They're one they've really sort of snuck up. We actually thought that they may be second fiddle as far as the, you know, the other two uh, teams, base nips, which in the FQPL, um, but look, uh, Western pride, uh, they'd sort of righted the ship a little bit, but um but yeah, look, that message um, Knights definitely they pick up a few wins especially against the likes of a Thunder or a Logan Lightning and they are right in this. so but um, for me the shock is actually uh, Rochdale at the moment. They, they look like a team that you know that we're all, always going to be in that sort of the, the fight for promotion, um, but they've dropped right off now and they're, um, they're nine points off, off the pace as far as the um, promotion spot goes. so that's, uh, they've, they've um, been out of form since the uh, resumption
2: well, I saw their first game of the season calling with James in the round one against South West Queensland Thunder. And they were really good that day, but you're right, since then, they haven't really been up to that level since. And Scott, do you think it is a race between two at the top for that promotion spot? I do you think it's which Knights could find their way into that discussion. I think Ipswich Knights
1: nice, and possibly even Mitchelton could find their way up there. They've been having a few decent results of late and then sort of sneaking under the radar as well. I mean, Holland Park also did just get a draw there, which is fairly like, fairly mid-table clash there. But the fact that... uh there's a few teams there that it might be pushing towards the uh, the promotion there, so I think it's it's definitely not a two horse race. But the fact that uh, Switch Knights is getting up there and sort of flying under the radar, I think is a bit of a understatement. I think they're definitely a contender at the moment and probably one of the favourites that could be pushing up there for the likes of the top two.
2: Well, you mentioned Mitchelson. they do play Logan tomorrow night in the in the first catch up round of the FQPL. to the three month COVID off offset, so there's a catch up round this week starting tomorrow along with a regular round at the weekend, so there certainly will be updates to the table between now and then. We'll quickly look at the, at the fixtures this weekend in the MPL Queensland. On Saturday, Brisbane Strikers, they're back at the Parc de Paris hosting Lions SC. Eastern Suburbs host Sunshine Coast Wanderers coming off the bye. Redlands are host Olympic in their four-straight game at the Compass Ground. On Sunday, Brisbane Aurora Academy host Brisbane City. The Moreton Bay Derby between the Jets and Peninsula Power and Gold Coast United and Palabar, that rounds out the round. Adam... What, what, what fixture stands out there for you? Is it the derby around your neck of the woods?
0: Uh, yeah, definitely the derby uh, between Morton Bay and Potential Power, especially two teams that are on the ladder at least, uh, you know right next to each other. But the game all of a sudden that pops out now, um, given the result on Sunday, is Brisbane Strikers and Lions. I think that game all of a sudden, another fixture between two sort of heavyweights of the league, um, well, at least in, in recent years, and look, that all of a sudden, strikers, if they can maintain their form, um, they, they they take on sort of lions who may they may be thinking, oh, this is easy three points. And if they are complacent, they may be fo- come out with a shock at, at Park de Paris on Saturday night. But then again, if lions show up, they may they may just as easily dispatch uh, strikers for a few.
1: Yeah, I was thinking the same as well. Uh, for me, Morton Bay and Penn Power, the fact that they're both pushing for that top four spot there. Penn Power probably a bit closer than Morton Bay are with the games in hand that they have. That will be a, a brilliant clash there. So Obviously, a local derby they played at Walter Park, which will be a, a brilliant game there. And hopefully, Jackson, Courtney Perkins, and Declan Smith can get a few goals there to get Morton Bay up. But uh, in saying that, Brisbane strikers, the way that they uh, beat Olympic last week was a very, a very ground-out performance there. And if they can grind out another performance against Lions, then it could show that this this MPL um, ladder in this season is getting even closer with the likes of Strikers getting up there and possibly making a late run for the finals. But uh, like we saw this week with the uh, the fact that we thought Eastern Suburbs were back, were back and Lions dispatched them fairly easily with the result that they had. Uh, that Lions can fairly easily if they're on the, if they're on and Kristen Strikers aren't on, we could might see a flurry of goals there for Lions to kill the game off fairly early.
0: There's also probably an underrated game as well. There's uh, actually two that I'll look at. But Redlands, Redlands v. Olympic at the Compass Ground Saturday night. Um, look, Redlands have not been too bad. The results haven't been exactly sort of going their way, but they showed enough against potential power. They could you know, really sort of cause trouble, especially if Olympic are sort of still in this form slump. Um, but it's got good opportunity for Olympic as well to sort of, you know, to right some sort of the wrongs of the last few weeks and sort of, you know, get some momentum going. The other game, um, Brisbane Raw and Brisbane City, I think that also could be a very, very interesting game as well. Um, I think if. Brisbane, Brisbane City have aspirations. They need they need all three points down there, but I don't think the young Raw are going to you know, just lay, lay over and die for them.
2: No, I certainly don't think so, not based on what we saw at the weekend. Brisbane City not quite firing against the top side yet, and Brisbane with a great performance way right to Gold Coast United. The other game I think is going to be interesting is Gold Coast United against Capalaba. It's two sides two of big picking up a lot of points so far. If Gold Coast United are going to push for a spot in the top four, they have to win this game, and if Capalaba. Can can get a result here. They can absolutely move potentially into a dark horse position to make the top four. So there's plenty to play for in the NPL Queensland. If you can, if you can get out to one of the, get out to one of the grounds, it's good it's good action. Adam Scott, thanks for joining me tonight.
0: Yeah, thanks, Scott. Thanks, Scotty.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. So good result for the Brisbane Roar in the final game of the A-League season for them. Roll on the finals. We'll talk to you later.